mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Treasures. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 through 52. Here now, Pastor Moody. So go with me to Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 44. Listen to the words of Jesus. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. Say that with me, a treasure. Say that loud, a treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in the field. Uh, the which when a man has found it, <clears throat> he hides it. And for joy, he goes and sells everything that he has and buys that field. Amen. Then he goes on to say, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man, amen, seeking, somebody say seeking, looking for something valuable, seeking goodly pearls. When he hath found one pearl of great price, The word's not there, but would you say it with me again? Treasures. When he found a pearl, I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven, he found a pearl of great price. He went and sold all that he had, all the other pearls he'd found. He was a dealer. Sold everything he had and bought that one pearl. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He went and sold all that he had and bought it. Then he says, uh, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. This is like a drag net. Uh, that you would cast fishing, not with a not with a line and a pole, amen, but with a net like you'd see, if you've ever seen fishermen cast nets and then they pull up all kinds of fish, amen, that was cast in the sea and gathered of every kind, of every kind of fish, which when it was full, amen, he threw it, uh, a, he drew to the shore and sat down and he went through it and gathered the good into the vessels but the bad he threw away or he cast away. And he said, so shall it be in the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and shall sever or separate the wicked from the just, amen. And the Bible said, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus says uh, to them, to those that were gathered there, have you to his disciples. Now, this I, I study this, and it's not just the 12, but at this time there's a great number following him. And he said unto them, Have you understood all these things? Watch this. And they said, Yea, Lord. They understood. But there would be a time when they would walk away from Jesus, many of them would hear. They've said, We understand what a treasure the kingdom is. But they'd walk away. Listen to verse 52. Then he said to them, therefore, every scribe, every learned person in the word of God, which is instructed under the kingdom of heaven, is like unto a man that's a householder. He's a master of a house or of an estate. And the scripture says he brings forth out of his treasure. 
What is your treasure? What's your treasure today? Out of that treasure, he brings forth things new. I mean, glad God's doing new things. But he also brings out the old. I mean, glad there's some old stuff that's still priceless in the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm gonna just preach for a little bit this morning about treasures, treasures. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word of the Lord. And we pray that you speak through us and to us and use us for your glory. Uh, God, it's so good to be here this morning in, in your presence, expecting you to move. And God, we're believing you, we trust you, and we pray for every person here to just be filled today with the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. You can be seated. When I think about treasures, when you say that word, <clears throat> it can mean different things to each of us. Have you ever heard the phrase, one man's junk is another man's treasure? That's true, Amen. Webster, however, defines treasure as this. He says it's accumulated wealth, such as money, jewels, etc. Isn't that how the world thinks? Daniel Webster, no Webster, were godly men, but they were trying to define treasure as the world thinks of treasure. The Bible said the blessing of God consisteth not in the abundance of things. There are treasures that go beyond things. Can you say amen? Any person, he said, or thing of greatly valued. And then he said, for something to be a treasure, you just regard it as precious. Jesus spoke in this chapter of these parables. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, he, he did this, these seven parables for the purpose of putting value on heavenly things. I love the question um, by the disciples and Jesus answers in verses 10 and 11. In verse 10, the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to us, 13 and 10, why do you speak to them and to the, to the crowd in parables and to the disciples? And he said to his disciples, because it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, for you to see the value of the kingdom, but to them it's not. What we hold is precious and valuable in the kingdom of God, much of the world looks, like, looks on as foolishness, foolishness. God has given so much to America, and they've cast it aside or used it for other things. <clears throat> I remember reading the story of Hosea, and you know the story about Hosea. He married a harlot. Her name was Gomer. I said, what a horrible thing to be married to a harlot, and her name had to be Gomer. But, uh, but anyway, I guess that was a common name back then, but to me it just brings up all kinds of, let me go on. But uh, in one place in Hosea, God said, I gave you riches. I gave you gold. I gave you things that were valuable. And then he, he, he criticized them and said, you turned around and gave them to Baal. That's a lot, a lot like our world today. Amen. And uh, so when we think of this, they said, why do you speak in parables? And Jesus said, because it's given to you to know these things, but to them it's not. John Gill in his commentary said, when he said that phrase to them is given, he said to the wise, the prudent, the, the knowledgeable, the scribes, the Pharisees, to the multitude, to the people in mass and, and generality of the people, to the rest that were blinded. And Mark in his gospel puts these words in, them that are without. Now this was a common way of speaking among the Jews who would look at the Gentiles and call them the ones that were without. But Jesus uses this in reference to those who are outside of grace. 
who are outside of salvation, the world, those who are lost. He said, it's, it's not for them, those that are without, to understand the things of God. Now, I, I want to say something here that I want you to get this. Much of our preaching is to the lost and for the lost. The gospel is good news to the lost. But can I tell you there's also treasures in the book that are for those that are inside. For the church, can I get a witness? There's some things the world can't receive because they don't know Jesus. Are you with me? But he said, I speak things. The world is blinded to it. But come on, somebody. We see it. We hear it. We feel it. We experience it. Hallelujah. And uh, so I started thinking about treasures, treasures that God has given us and shown to us. In the parables uh, that Jesus told, he talked, gave the parable of the sower. And the point of that was that the seed is the precious word of God. And it, it's, it's important that you prepare to hear it. Because some fell by the wayside, some fell among stony ground, some fell among thorns, and some fell among good ground. Can you say amen? Then he told the, the parable of the wheat and the tares. And, and his point was that, that there's tares in the world that get into the church that are sown into the fields of righteousness, things that people think look good and they feel good, but they're not God. Can I get a witness? There's doctrines in the world today, and I'm not going to get into a lot of that stuff other than to tell you that much of the stuff that has been, that has been propagated on the world, those that are without, has been carried inside the church, and much of the church is embracing things that God is against. Are you hearing me? And I don't have to enumerate those things. I know there's probably things coming to your mind. But I've come to tell you that we're not those that, that glean out of the trash dump. Can you say amen? <laughs> we're not those that glean out of the dumpsters. Amen. We're those that come into the house of the king. And there's treasures and there's, there's wonderful meals. Jesus has the table spread. The Bible, the old song used to say, where the saints of God are fed. And he invites his chosen people Come and dine. Hallelujah. Ah, some of you came in here this morning and you thought I'll just go in and sit back and relax and I'll enjoy a couple of three or four good songs and I'll hear a little sermon and I'll just ease on out the door. But I want you to roll your sleeves up, loosen your tie, wipe your chin, scoot up to the table because God's got some stuff on the table today that's not for the world. Oh, somebody's going to have to help me preach. God's got some stuff today that they can't receive because they're not of us. They're those that are without. But can I tell you, for the church of the living God, there's an anointing, there's an outpouring, there's a stirring, there's a moving. Come on, somebody. There's gifts that God wants to administer to his own beloved church today. And they're treasures. Hallelujah. Give God praise you would. He talked about the wheat and the tares and, and the fact that, that an enemy was the one that sowed the tares. That's another message. Are you hearing me? He talked about the, the parable of the mustard seed, the word of God, faith that's planted in the heart of a believer. This is not for the world. Are you hearing me? I want to tell you the word of God to most people, they, they count this just as a book of fables and old stories. But how many knows when the word of God's in you, David said, I hid it in my heart that I might not sin. Can I tell you the 
the word never returns void when it falls on good ground. Somebody needs to hear me. I want to tell you, amen, that it grows up like a plant, like a tree. You can shadow under it. You can, you can roost in its limbs, can you say, man? You can eat the fruit of its trees. And I tell you that in this book, there's healing. In this book, there's prosperity. In this book, there's deliverance. Woo, hallelujah. In this book, there's grace and mercy and baptism in the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody hear me. I want to tell you where I got my shout. I got it out of the book. Hallelujah. It's all in there for the child of God. Treasures, amen. He told the parables I'm preaching about today, the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price and the dragnet. Jesus said this, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. I thought like this, there's treasure hunters among us today. Come on, in every church service, there's treasure hunters. There's somebody coming in looking for a comfortable church. That's the treasure they're looking for. There's some that come in that, you know, that uh, they, they, they're, they're, they're looking for what they want in a church. Uh, treasure hunters, amen. Uh, over the years, I've had people call me on the phone and say, what does the church have to offer me? And sometimes I'd, when they got done, I'd say, so what do you have to offer the church? And they'd hang up. Come on, this, this is not a bless me club. Come on, somebody. There are treasures in here, but how I many knows there's responsibilities that go along with it? Amen. I got to preach. I mean, come on. Treasure hunters among us. And sadly, many will walk into churches and spend their life there and never really find the treasures that God has for them. Are you hearing me? Sometimes, you know, I, I, at home, I, you know, we're, we're I, they told me one time back when we was doing the remodel here at the church that they were going to have to have a hoarder's intervention because of all the junk that was collected. And then I go home and it's the same thing. I'm glad my wife's not in this service. But you know what? Every now and then I'll find something I didn't know was in the house. <laughs> Whoa, I'm about to shout. Every now and then I'll find something that was hid away or that got misplaced, or that somebody brought in. I didn't even know they brought it. I was looking through some stuff one day and found an envelope with $100 in it and a note that said, Pastor, this is for you. I don't know where it came from. Are you hearing me? And I'm not just talking about material things. I want to tell you there's some treasures in the house of God that God himself has hid away. And the world, the world can't see it and a lot of church people can't see it. But when we get hungry for God and we get a glimpse of it, we're willing to sell everything we've got for the treasures. Hallelujah. For the treasures. I know he's talking about grace. I know he's talking about salvation. I know he's talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But I believe the Holy Ghost is speaking to his church today that we need to reestablish our priorities. We need to understand that that whatever the need of your life is in the house of God, amen, there's treasures that God has placed in here. Amen. A lost woman walked up to me yesterday and said, I want you to tell me where it is in the Bible that it talks about those gifts that God gave the church. And I said, well, it depends on which one you're talking about. But I said, if you're talking about the nine gifts of the Spirit, I said, it's in... 
First Corinthians chapter 12. She said, what's that mean? What's it talking about? I said, well, it's talking about faith, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles. And her eyes lit and words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Can you say amen? And prophecy and speaking in tongues and interpretation. And uh, I started just sharing with her what they meant. And it's like all of a sudden she saw something that she had never saw before. But I said, don't miss this. The greatest treasure in the word of God is a man named Jesus who hung on a cross and died for our sins and was buried and rose the third day and sent back a Holy Ghost who came not just bringing those nine gifts but bringing all the other ministry gifts and the service gifts. Do you hear me? I believe in the house of God. There's treasures that have been concealed and we need to find them and bring them out to service. Amen. Give him praise if you would. When I, I need to say this again. The Holy Ghost is speaking to the church today that it's time we reestablish our priorities. What are you in church for today? I mean, did you just come to do some weekly duty? I don't know about you, but I come for a breakthrough. I come for a breakout. I come for an outpouring. I come to see somebody get loose today. Dear God, I came to get loose myself today. <laughs> There's some junk in my life, some inhibitions and some problems. I like to just shake them off. Amen. We used to sing an old song in the church. Come on, praise the Lord. Let everybody praise the Lord. Lift up those heavy hands. Uh, shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands and let everything, everybody praise the Lord. I want to tell you, you can come in here, as he said, with anxiety and walk out in victory. You can come in here with arthritis and walk out with, with freedom in your joints. You can walk, come in here with diabetes and walk out with a newly created pancreas. You can come in here with cancer and walk out cancer free. Come on, but more than that, you can walk in here bound, amen, emotionally bound, amen, by the, and oppressed by the devil himself. You might even come in here demon possessed, but I'm here to tell you there's treasures in this house that are chain breaking, that are liberating, that there's a move of God that's available for those who want it. Hallelujah. They showed a clip in the conference this week. They did a, a, a skit, a drama about chains falling, people being healed. And while I was watching that, all of a sudden they showed a, a, a picture from the, from, the, from the 40s, early 50s maybe, of a tent that looked like it had 20,000 in it. I never saw such a tent. And it was Oral Roberts sitting in a chair on the platform and he was laying hands on a blind person. And they showed clips of people getting healed. And then they showed clips of, of Norval Hayes and some of the others that, that God moved in, in miracle ministries and Hagen and some of them. And I was watching that and I thought today, dear God, there's been so much dumbing down of what God's able to do because people, they've got ashamed of the shame out, they've got ashamed and, and I know there's been a lot that have come along and, and God gave them gifts of healing and ministry and they took it and made it a name for themselves but I've come to tell somebody today that the Holy Ghost is still alive and well and by his stripes we're still healed and you can still lay hands on the sick and they'll you can still prophesy over them and they'll get up in the name of Jesus there's treasures in the house I want you to notice this. First of all, I talked to you about a hidden treasure in verse 44. 
The scripture said that the kingdom of heaven is like a man that uh, uh, is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man found it, amen, uh, he hides that treasure and for joy goes and sells everything that he had that he could buy the field. Can I say this? I saw some things in the church when I was a sinner. When When God was working with me and I was under conviction, I was going to church. My life was a mess. You've heard me tell some of that. I don't want to go back there. But I want to tell you, I got in that church, I began to see some treasures. I began to see there was real freedom. There was real liberty. There was real salvation, amen, that worked in the life of a man or a woman. And so finally, I, after God dealing with me and working with me, one night I made a trip to an altar. And I knelt down at that altar, and I didn't know how to pray. They helped me pray through. And I got up saved by the grace of God. And can I tell you what I did? I just took everything I had and invested it into a life for Jesus. Are you hearing me? I mean, I went home, I got rid of stuff. Some of it was valuable stuff, but it was stuff that was ungodly, and I got rid of it. I got rid of my liquor. I got rid of the things that held me in bondage. I got rid of other stuff that people today tell me, oh, that was worth a lot of money. It wasn't worth spit to me. I'd found a treasure in the house of God. I want to tell you, I believe there's a shucking off. Can you say amen? I believe there's a separating. I know that's old-time preaching, and you don't hear much about it, but I like what the Word, the word of God said. It said, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you and if you will glory to God you can run this race you can be successful there's God no matter what you give up there's more that you're going to get that's worth more than, than the world could ever offer you hallelujah I remember when I got saved uh, some of them guys that I did the stuff that I did with you know in those bars and stuff I got saved and after work, they said, are we going tonight? I said, I'm not going. Well, they said, well, you can still go to church and do that. I do. I said, you ain't got what I got. Hallelujah. Are you, that's judgmental. No, sir. And I, there was a man stood and talked to me on a Friday, and he told the filthiest jokes and cussed and carried on, and I laughed right with him. But on Sunday, I got saved. Is anybody hearing me? And on Monday, he walked back up and started to say something. I just held my hand up. I said, before you go any farther, i got to tell you something you may not understand. I said, I don't understand it myself. I don't know what's going on with me. But I went to church Sunday, and he said, oh, well. And I said, oh, well, yes. I said, I got saved, and I don't want to hear no more dirty jokes. I don't want to hear no more cussing. If that's all you got to talk about just move on down the line go somewhere else you know what he said he looked at me he said well I got something to tell you I said what's that he said I'm saved too I said when did it happen he said years ago I said no sir you ain't got what I've got are you hearing me he said I teach a little boy Sunday school class I said dear God get out of there go to the altar pray through get saved are you hearing me I found some things amen (laughs) I didn't mean to say all that but I've come to tell you it'll cost you something to find the treasure that God has for you. That's that's a legalism. Doing the same old thing you've always done and expecting to be something different, that's stupidity. Are you hearing me? That's 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 foolishness. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. 
Is there any new creatures in here? Kind of wave at me. How many can say I got saved? Hallelujah. And things changed. Glory to God. And God began to put his finger on things in my life. And I began to lay them down and get rid of them. And, and I began to come clean with God. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of holiness. Can somebody say I'm not ashamed of sanct- being sanctified. I'm not ashamed of walking in the light as he's in the light and the blood of his Son, cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Oh, it's not popular, but it's true. Amen. He found the treasure. In, in Matthew 6, 19, Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. There's some good stuff on earth. I, there's, there's some stuff I really love to eat. But if I eat as much of it as I want, I'll weigh 400 pounds and have a heart attack. Are you hearing me? There's some limitations, can you say, man? Ah, let me, let me go on. Lay, lay, lay not for yourselves treasures on earth where the moth and the rust corrupt and the, the thieves steal it. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where the moth nor the rust does corrupt and thieves do not break through, nor can they steal it. Look at verse 21. I love this verse. It says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know why some people can go to church and claim to be Christians and still live out there in the world and live like the devil? It's because they have not seen the treasure. They've not found it. They don't know the joy of hearing the Lord say well done. They don't know the joy of feeling his favor, his blessings, and having him move you from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Can I tell you, I started out here as a baby. I'm on my way to there to be glorified. But between here and there, I've learned, I've grown, I've laid down some things, I've took on some new things, I've been sanctified. Is anybody hearing me? I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. I've been separated from stuff that used to hold me down. Man, there's treasures in heaven. Can you say amen? Jesus said the eyes are light of the body. If the eyes single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if the eyes evil, what's that mean? That means if the eyes distracted. If you're looking at things you shouldn't be looking at, if you're involved in things you shouldn't be involved in. Can I say it? If you're listening to stuff that you should not be listening to. Amen. I remember one time years ago, I'd, uh, somebody had bought me a guitar to, to sing and play with, and I played and sung with it in jail and in church, and it wasn't nothing fancy, but it was mine, and I sanctified it to the Lord. I'll never forget it. I had a guest at the house one time, and they picked it up and started thumping out some old ungodly thing, and I just walked over and laid my hands on the strings and stopped them. They said, what are you doing? I said, you ain't playing devil music through that sanctified guitar. That's foolishness. You think what you want to think. I'm that kind of guy. Amen. There's treasures in this thing. And if the eye is distracted, all of a sudden the body's full of darkness. Listen, you cannot serve two masters. It's an impossibility. Amen. He said you'll either hate one and love the other or hold to one and despise the other. And then he says you cannot serve God and mammon. Remember what Jesus said to the man we call the rich young ruler, Matthew 19, 21. He said, if you're going to be perfect, if you're going to be mature, if you're going to be complete, if you really want to be satisfied, son, he said, go sell what you've got, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But the boy walked away sad because he had a lot of possessions. Sometimes it'll cost you something to find. The man sold everything he had and bought the field. Just all right. 
And when we start thinking like this, I, I thought, I used to hear an old song that said, nothing can hold me here. I'm heading home. Heavenly gates are near. It won't be long. And I've always had that thought in my mind. This could be my last day here. Amen. I, I, I'm not so uh, you know, foolish as to think that any man's promised tomorrow. In my 43 years of ministry, I've preached funerals for babies. I preached funeral for a man over 100 years old. I preached them for every age group in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, right up through there. I want to tell you the Bible just says this, that it's appointed unto the man wants to die. And after that, the judgment, if I read the Bible right, are you ready? It could be today. Today. So I've decided I'm going to live my life not holding on to anything that's going to hold me down. I don't want to have to run and try to fix something if a heart attack hits me. Are you hearing me? I remember when I turned that truck over out on the interstate and in my life, you know, as they said, flashes before you. I don't know about that, but it seemed like that truck was moving in slow motion. And when that truck started to roll over, I looked over at my wife and all I could think was, here we go. Hallelujah. And uh, I, I'm not crazy. I wasn't happy about it, but I I was just thinking, I'm all, you know, just, just in a split second, there was no regrets. Woo! There was no doubt. There was no fears. Are you hearing me? I've looked death in the face before a couple of times, and I'm ready for it because I found the treasure. I found the treasure. I'm going to try to close. Y'all come back at 11. I'll preach the rest of this. Come on up, Nick. The pearl of great price. The man found Pearl, he was somebody that the Bible said that was uh, that sought for pearls. Amen. Look, look at verse 45 and verse 46. It said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking. Say that with me. Seeking. Looking for something. Some of you don't know it, but you're seekers. These, these young people, you're seekers. I mean, right now, life's all about looking good, and y'all do. Life's, it's, it's about enjoying life, and you should. But the reality is that we're all, we're all on a journey called life, and on that journey, there's milestones that God and nature wants us to get to. And what happens is that sometimes people lose sight of the treasure, and they throw away what God has put in their path. Amen? Can I say it like this? Young people give up their virginity to somebody who really doesn't care about them because they've lost sight of the treasure that they could save themselves for the person they're marrying. Is this all right for me to preach this way? And, and parents lose sight of what those treasures are. They're called children in their home. And kids grow up with a bad father experience or a bad mother experience. And all of a sudden, they've got a gender identity issue. And they don't know if they're a boy or a girl. Come on, somebody. And, and we want to blame the world. Sometimes it's the church's fault because we have not presented to them the treasures that are in the house. Good. It's all right. So this man's seeking and he buys pearls. And one day he says, wait a minute. There's the most valuable pearl I've ever seen. 
I thought about it like this. The Bible says a lot about pearls. I'm not going to go into it, but I want to tell you what Kevin Spencer used to say. There's 12 gates to the city. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Each one's 50 miles wide, and each one's made from one several pearl. Are you hearing me? There's some things that are valuable on this earth that I'm willing to give up, the pearls that I've been seeking, because one day I met the pearl of great price, and his name is Jesus, and I'm going somewhere with him. Can you say amen? And then it's like a dragnet. Stand with me, would you? What does that dragnet represent? It represents the universal call. Amen. To all sinners and to all people. Isaiah said it like this He said, Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I'm God and there's none else. Isaiah 55, 1, he said, However, one that thirsteth, come. Come to the waters. He that has no money, come buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money or price. Why would you spend your money for that that doesn't satisfy? There's a treasure right in the house for you. In the last days of the feast, Jesus said, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he that believes on me as the scripture set out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, you know that famous scripture, believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. Do you know what else he said? In verse 13, there's no, in verse 12, he said, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Amen. For the same Lord is rich unto all that call him. There's treasures in the house if you'll hear it. And he says, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Jesus said, do you understand? And uh, they said, yeah, Lord, we understand. He said, everybody that understands, every scribe that knows everything, that knows what I'm talking about, it's instructed in the kingdoms like a wealthy financier, a wealthy landowner. If you really understand the kingdom of God, you can go in your house and you can bring out treasures, new stuff and old stuff from God, but it's still treasures. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Somebody said to me the other night in a meeting as a preacher was talking to me, he said, I ain't got a problem with smoke machines and strobe lights. I thought, shut up, Owen, listen to what he's got to say. So he said, I ain't got a problem with smoke machines and strobe lights as long as we don't forsake everything else. There's real stuff in here that we can't let go of. It's called treasures, can you say amen? Smoke machine can't get you anywhere. Strobe lights can't help you get one step closer to God. Not one bit. Oh, that's what the world, I don't care. I'm telling you what's in here is what's going to get you to God. We can't forsake that. Can you say amen? So, in, in this chapter, verse 15, Jesus said, this people, he, he told his disciples, he said, this people's heart is wax gross and their, their ears are dull of hearing. They close their eyes. And uh, he said, in verse 16, he said, but blessed are your eyes for you see and your ears for they hear. When in the Thompson Chain Bible, it put a subtitle beside verse 15 where it said their, their, their hearts are gross or, or dead or their ears are dull, their eyes are closed, lest they should see with their, with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart and be converted. He says this. He said sin, this is a word I hadn't heard or used before, I don't think. The Thompson Chain says sin is retrogressive. We think of things being progressive or things 
falling backwards. But he said, sin is retrogressive. And I looked that up. What's that mean? And Webster said, it means going or being directed backwards. It, it means declining from a better state to a worse state. What's this? This is what, what Webster said. He said, it's passing from a higher level to a lower level. That's all sin ever does, can you say amen? To a lower level of organization. And then he used an illustration. He said, we could call it retrogressive evolution. You know what? I believe in evolution. I don't believe in Darwinism, but I believe that we evolve as society. I mean, if you came where I came from, I grew up in a farmhouse with no electricity for a long time. I remember we got electricity. We never did have running water. I, I was a grown man before I lived in a place with running water. And we had a party line telephone with a rotary dial. Are you with me? And I remember when computers came out. and they, It was a big thing. And the, and the greatest computer was bigger than this building. But the one that you carry in, on your hip or in your purse now has got more power than that computer had. Society is evolving. Can you say me? I mean, sometimes I, I feel like Captain Kirk on Star Trek and, and punch my, my, my Apple Watch and say, beam me up, Scotty. Is anybody, anybody hear me? Communication has went to another level. Medical practice has went to another level. We're in a world that, that we ought to be progressing. But now we're seeing retrogression. We're seeing people blunder back in darkness who should be able to see. We're seeing people denying God who should be able to hear. We're seeing people giving in to horrid sin whose hearts should be established and become gross. If we're not careful as the church, we'll condescend to that level and we'll preach something to people that never convicts anybody of anything. I'm not being mean, but I'm here to tell you if I've got filet mignon in the house and all I offer you is peanut butter and crackers, I'm, very not, I'm not much of a host, can you say amen? And I love peanut butter and crackers at the right time. How many understand what I'm saying? We are the church we are not some socialized organization. Somebody help me. Amen. We're not a, we are not a democracy. It's not your vote and my vote. We are a theocracy. God is the head of this thing. And we're to follow his lead. Amen. There's treasures in the house. How many know that there's treasures in the house of God? How many of you found treasures in the house of God? How many has been saved in the house of God? Wave at me. How many has been filled with the Holy Ghost in the house of God? How many has been touched of God and anointed to do things and minister in the house of God? How many of you have been in a place where God used you, but if you're not careful, you've kind of retrogressed now to a lower level, and God is not pleased with that. So I'm preaching treasures. I tell my grandchildren, you ain't seen nothing yet. Little Abby over, I tell her sometimes when she stands up here on this platform and sings, it just blesses me. She, she may not be the best singer up here, but she is to me. She may not be the Christian up here, but she is to me. I tell her all the time, you're the best dressed one up there. Amen. Others dress good too. Are you hearing me? What, what are you saying? I'm telling you, I've, I've told them and I've told all my grandchildren, where you're at right now is a wonderful place, but just wait till you get where he's taking you. 
there's more treasures that they're going to discover along the way. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray right now that you reach out. There's people in here that are thirsty and they need to let rivers flow out of their belly. There's people in here that are hungry for righteousness and Jesus said you shall be filled. There's people in here that are sick and they can be healed. There's people in here that are broke and they can be blessed. There's people in here are hurting. As John Michael said, this God has a word for you. There's treasures in the house. Holy Baradiandasai. I was preparing this message and in the meeting yesterday at the at the uh, conference at Brother Bates's, I had to I had to leave Friday night because I had to come home for a family gathering here yesterday. I had forty some forty something in laws here <laughs> and family, wonderful time. But I was watching a video they sent me from the conference and Tommy Tommy Bates was prophesying. I'm going to preach this. And here's what he said. He said, God said, have I not given you a pearl of great price? And you've lost it. He said, will you not treasure it and guard it and walk around it and carry it in your bosom and let it be the thing that motivates your life? As I was listening to that, I thought, oh God, you're talking to him like you've been talking to me. I found a treasure one day. And I put it in my bosom. I, I sold everything to get it, Brother Rob. And I've treasured it. And I've kept it. And I check on it. And I always make sure it's there. I'm like that. Sometimes I'll go to the house and open my safe and look at my stuff that I've got in the safe. Not that I worship it. I just want to make sure it's still there. Can you say amen? See if I need to add anything to it. There's some things that, that we treasure. Tommy Schooler was my dear old preaching friend. And Tommy Schooler collected baseball cards. And he had some baseball cards that he kept in the safe at home. But he had some baseball cards that were so valuable, he kept them in a safety deposit box at the bank. Are you hearing me? You might say, I don't understand. I'm talking about treasures, folks. There's things in church that, you know, that, that, that are incidentals. You know, somebody said, let's say if the Lord and God didn't say it. <laughs> Janice Claypool called them prophesiers instead of prophesiers. But there's also treasures in the house. There's things that God says that hell can't change. So let God talk to you today. And set our hearts on you. Lord, come and we hope you enjoyed today's message and we'll tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.